Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to FCN's podcast. Emily, what are we talking about this week? Today, we're talking about liability when answering questions in Facebook groups. That's one thing that a lot of people like to do to sort of start getting their name out there as somebody who knows about finance. But is there liability involved? If so, what? If so, about what topics, et cetera? Okay. Yeah. So is there liability? Let's start off with, I am not a lawyer. <laughs> so specifically answering. You cannot give legal advice. Right. Cannot give legal advice. Specifically answering, is there liability is not something that we're going to be able to do. Um, in fact, you're a lawyer can't actually answer that. They're legally allowed to, but they can't actually answer it. Right. Even if you get sued hmm. and you hire a lawyer who knows specifically <laughs> your case, they can't actually <laughs> answer whether or not there's liability because it's not until the jury and the judge complete the case that anyone knows truly in your specific situation whether liability existed. Right. So, I, so part of this is just an understanding of it not being legal advice, but part of it as well is an understanding of anyone who argues one way or the other about these things, they're definitely not being truthful, right? Yeah. Ultimately, you don't know until, uh, until the court case runs its way through the judicial system. Uh, that being said, we can talk about the potential for liability absolutely, right? There we go. So I think that that's probably a better way to phrase it is the potential for liability. Um, and the answer is yes. I mean, the, the fact that you're on Facebook doesn't absolve you from liability any more than the fact that you're in your home absolves you from thou shalt not murder, right? <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The location of it doesn't change the potential liability. So the question is not, do you have liability? It's more, you know, what are the potentials for liability based on what you might or might not say? So would it be safe to expand the conversation out? Is there a difference between casually answering questions on Facebook? And I guess I'm wondering also, is the way that you answer the question, does that have an impact on the potential liability? And then also, does the venue matter? If you're having a conversation A on Facebook, is that any different than having conversation A in the grocery store or something like that? So yeah, two separate so, questions there. I don't know which direction you want. Yeah, to I love I love all of them. So let's take them one by one. <laughs> yeah, which one first? So so let's start with, you know, is there a difference between Facebook and the grocery store? And the the answer to that is yes. There's going to be a big difference. Okay. The first big difference is 
you've created a very solid um, discovery trail on Facebook <laughs> of all of the statements that can be used against you in court. Right. There's a written record of what yes. you have said. Even if you delete the comment, it's still somebody there. can find it. Yes. If, here's, here's the PSA. If it's on the internet, it can be found, even if Forever. you take it on. Forever. Yeah. So privacy on the internet is not a thing. Yeah. So that is that is probably the biggest thing that you're you're dealing with it with regard to any type of social media, any type of electronic, like you say, on the internet, uh, as opposed to a conversation at the grocery store, is there there is a record, and that record is very easily searchable. My wife, um, you know, a lawyer, by the way. Years ago, she's been a lawyer, yeah. <laughs> about five, six years ago, she was doing a lot of uh, writing and a lot of, um, you know, legal education around uh, the idea of digital discovery. And there is mm. an entire field of digital discovery now. Uh, and it, so, yeah, that that is probably the biggest difference between those two conversations. Which I assume would be digging up. I assume digital discovery is digging up information, digital information that may be hidden, may not be hidden, may be hidden poorly, may be hidden yeah. well, and all of that. Yeah. Correct? Okay. You know, the next thing that you asked is, you know, a casual conversation. So, you know, if you are having a random casual conversation with your family members at a barbecue mm -hmm. and you don't ever work with your family members and it's just sort of the conversation drifted there. Mm -hmm. you are going to be safer, not safe, but safer than having a casual conversation with a group of people after you've just given a financial literacy seminar right. where you've talked about your company. Right. Right. Because that's not really a casual conversation, even though you might characterize it in your mind as such, because it's, we were just it's informal, but it's not right. casual. Yeah. And so now we have to think, okay, where does your posts on social media fall in that spectrum, mm -hmm. right? And it, one of the challenges, so the fact that you said Facebook group, you're probably not having a Facebook group with your family, right? right? And if you do, Good, but probably not the conversations we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, similarly. If you are posting on Instagram, it doesn't matter that you say, well, I intended this to be seen by my family. If you're yeah. using Instagram as a marketing channel, you hashtag financial coach, hashtag money advice, hashtag, even if you don't have, those to give you money. yeah, yeah, you know, it's coming from your post, which also from your channel or your, your account, which also does promote your business. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's really hard for you to say as the owner in the face of your business that you're not promoting your business at all times, right? Right. So that leans it more toward that conversation after a financial literacy seminar that where you talked about your company and that you can come work with, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, your Facebook social media environment is leaning more toward this is a quote unquote casual. This is an informal conversation that is happening as part of a sales effort. Mm -hmm. right. 
And so that, that dials the potential for liability up. The, what was the third component to your multi-part question? There were three components and I don't remember what the third one was. I only remember two, but extra okay. layer on that one. So somebody asks in a Facebook group and says, hey, actually, I just saw this question last night. I need life insurance. Should I get term or whole life? I'm overwhelmed by the whole thing. I don't know. Does it matter? So assuming I am answering and I am not licensed for to give insurance advice, which I am not. Yeah. Does it matter if I say I'm a financial coach and I don't? Well, let's go three scenarios. One, I just answer. Two, I answer and say, I'm a financial coach. Here's what I think. Three, I'm a financial coach. I'm not licensed to give insurance advice. Here's some information. So where, where does the liability dial? Up or down? Is, is, is there a difference? Because I, I would guess the middle one, the I'm a financial coach, here's advice, would be the highest liability. But I don't know if just giving advice and now I'm giving all the all the layers at once. Let, <laughs> let's just go. Does it matter if there's if you say you're a coach, if you say you're a coach, but you are not licensed to give advice or if you don't say anything about what you do? Yeah. So obviously, if you say I'm a financial coach, this is what I do. Here's my advice to you. Right. That's going to dial up the liability potential. Whether or not if you don't say anything, then what it comes down to is what do the rest of your behaviors look like? You didn't say anything, but you've mentioned multiple times in this group in the past that you're a financial coach in other things where you've talked about emergency funds. You've mentioned it. You have a link on your profile that goes to your schedule a meeting page with clicks on your name that it's got there. You don't really have to have said you're a financial coach in that moment for a person to interpret it in the same way. So I don't think that that notice I said thing. Yep. Attorney, right? Still not but I don't think that dials the the liability down much and it definitely doesn't dial the little liability down as much as people might think it does. Yeah, that right? makes sense that if whether you say it this time or not, if you have said it before or if somebody can click on your name and your page is all about I'm a financial coach, here's the things I do, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You're not you're not really an anonymous group member. Right. A, a random person of the public if you have established yourself at some point or in some very obvious way. In that whether way, it was yeah. that time or not. Uh, then you've got the I'm a financial coach, but I'm not licensed to give this advice, but I'm gonna give it anyway. You may have actually just increased your liability in that scenario because now you've got the liability of giving the advice. Like and you've admitted, you've admitted you that you know that you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Did right? you know you were speeding? Yeah, I know I was going 20 over, but I just don't really care. Right. Or, you know, even better. <laughs> Did you know you were speeding? Oh, thank God. I was worried that you got me for hitting that person back there. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Self-incrimination. Yeah. So, you know, when we when we think about this, we want to be very careful to realize that what a lot of people think, oh, this will help me, sometimes they're actually hurting themselves. And so we want to be careful about what could, how, how people might have the law completely wrong, right? And it's, it's amazing how much the law people think 
the law is one thing and it's actually the exact opposite of what they think, what the popular opinion is. Um, so, you know, that again, I don't, that, that, I don't think that that dials it down as much as people think. Personally, I could see how it would dial it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lawyer, depending on the state that you're in, might say, no, that actually dialed it down a little bit. You know, yeah. who knows? But it definitely is not safe. Right. Another layer to that is what advice are you going to give? Mm-hmm. Because based on the question that you gave, the only advice that I would give is talk to a professional that knows what they're talking about. And if they say you should always do a or B, if you should always do whole or you should always do term run from that professional. Somebody else. Yes. (laughs) Because there is no answer to that question, no matter how much some people want to try to make it. This is the answer to that question. There's a general principle, Mm -hmm. but that general principle in fact, this is probably what I would answer, but that general principle is probably not going to be satisfying to the person. So this is what I would answer, but it's probably going to reduce the likelihood that I'm going to get business from the person. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, this is a complex questions. There are legal issues involved, so on and so forth. Generally speaking, we need to look at the context of you, the rest of your finances and why you're buying the insurance, as well as the legal aspects to it, and determine do you need a permanent, do you have a permanent need for life insurance or a temporary need? And that's what's going to determine it. But that didn't help the person know what to do. In fact, I just piled on additional work for the person to have to figure out. They're already overwhelmed because they said so. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like I say, it is not, that is the answer that I would give, but it is an answer that I know is going to actually reduce the likelihood that they're going to reach out to me because they're overwhelmed. They're looking for someone who's going to say, do this. Yeah. Even if that's bad advice. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, there are times when a universal policy would be best. There are times when a whole policy would be best. There are times when a term policy would be best. Um, And, you know, the, the, stereotypical life insurance need is generally term. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that's not the majority of life insurance needs. That's, that's the most people, most people who have a permanent need also have a temporary need. Mm -hmm. So it's most likely that someone will have a temporary need, but that doesn't mean that person doesn't have a permanent need as well. Only a temporary need. But Josh, but Josh, isn't whole life insurance a scam and it's a terrible idea? No, this is me being Josh. Go check out the Thunderdome Showdown episode. Yeah, I don't remember which turn. episode, but I can link it in the show notes of life versus whole versus, yeah. Anyway, so it sounds like, well, like, this is sort of the secondary question. With, like, if you give factual information, you know, term life insurance insures you for a certain period of time. You pay a premium, often maybe always lower than whole. And at the end of that term, the benefit expires. Whole life insurance, blah, blah, blah. In the end, you really need to talk to a professional, blah, blah, blah. Is that okay? Yeah, because what you're talking about there is the structure of the policies. Now, you want to make you're, sure- You're giving the facts and the education. Yeah. You yeah. Don't, we don't want to make sure that you understand the structure. Yeah. But I would argue that that's probably not helpful to the person that you've described 
because they didn't come on here asking for additional education. Yeah, they want to know what they should get. And what you've given them, they probably also found online. Yeah. Right. Or you can just link and you can say, talk to a professional. Here are here's an idea of who you should talk to. You know, look for these things. If they tell you, you should, everybody always needs this. Talk to somebody else. Yeah. Here's an if you if you haven't already found information, here's an article or two that kind of lays out the pros and cons of each. If you're looking for extra information. Yeah. But again, you want to be careful about the articles that you link. Right. Yeah. Because not only because if they, it's a bias they, and yeah, there might be bias, but also because it might create more anxiety for the person. Right. Yeah, that's fair uh, too. Right. And I'm, I'm saying a lot of this from the perspective of the per you said that the person said that they are overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's something that we want to think about as well is, um, you know, if you're going to potentially place yourself in liability, mm -hmm. right? What is the potential benefit for that? Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And, you know, in this scenario, the based on what you've identified, I, I would definitely be doing writing it from a perspective of not trying to get business, mainly because the the cost benefit analysis of the likelihood of them reaching out to me and yeah. saying yes let's work together that being so low that any increase in liability is is not worth that right even even a modicum of increase of liability mm -hmm. what that's if a, so if that's person... a big question is is what is that cost benefit ratio of the potential for getting business versus the the potential for liability that i'm exposing myself to if the person had said Okay, I'm so excited. My husband and I are finally, you know, on, we're like, okay, this we know we need to do this, but now is the time to do it. We're looking at life insurance. Somebody talk to me about it. That I would say is a different scenario where they're more they're looking for the education piece. Yeah. So what I would do there is, you know, what's the difference between term and whole? I would give here's the difference: permanent versus temporary. Uh, most of the people that you're going to talk to are going to be life insurance agents. That doesn't mean they're bad. Just mm -hmm. realize that they will have incentives. Mm -hmm. You can also talk with a person that only gives financial advice, and then you'll work with a life insurance agent based on their recommendation of what you should get um, so that you can navigate the professionals in the industry. Here is a link to my nonprofit's guide. Again, not hoping that they'll be a client, but kind of walking them through that. And the reason why is because the need that they've identified is not what I do. Yeah. That was going to be so, the next question. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that they have this need that I don't do, I don't sell life insurance. Now, I give advice on it, but no one will hire me to give them advice to then go to an insurance agent, right? It's I'm giving advice as part of a much more complex plan and they're hiring for the rest of the plan, right? right? So the, you know, as we look at that type of response, my goal in that scenario is not to try to get them to be a client because it's highly unlikely that they are going to be a client. Right. Right. So instead, my goal is to come across as a person that is willing to help with zero in it for me. Mm-hmm. Right. That is a that for me, that would be a 
if I was doing this, that would be a little tiny drop in the brand bucket. Right. With zero expectation and zero purpose toward trying to get them as a client, because they would probably be a really terrible client. Yeah, because that's not who you work with. Not yeah. It, well, it's I may they may be exactly what I who I work with, but they the need that they're having right now is not going to be something that is going to be efficiently solved by. So that means that not only do I have to try to convince them to come to me for this question, I also have to try to sell them on, oh, by the way, let's also talk about all this other stuff. Yeah. And I've I've already set it up as something that feels like a bait switch. Right. Right. Hey, I, I saw this ad. I want to buy this toaster that's on sale. Oh, that toaster's sold out. But let me show you all the other stuff we have. Yeah. Or you can have that. Oh, yeah, we have that toaster as part of the six appliance set. Yeah. And that's the only way you can get it. Yeah. And so so for me, it wouldn't be worth trying to. I, I would not be responding from the perspective I'm trying to get a client. I would be responding from the perspective of I'm just going to help this person and it's not going to result in a client. The building of the brand is not going to result in a client. It's just, it's one of the thousand interactions that I'm going to have in this group in order for people to think of me as not a salesperson. Right. And to go, oh, this is a money question. There's that that Josh guy who I've seen answering money questions. Let me tag him. I bet he'd have a good idea. Yeah. So I'm, I am checking off one of the thousand boxes that I have to do. Right. So what if it is, a budgeting question that on the surface, at least, because I was going to say, what if it's a debt payoff question? And I was like, no, because then you get into, there could be implications if there's, I don't know. So let's go budgeting. Budgeting is the safest thing I'm, you could possibly do. I'm trying to spend less money and be more intentional about that. Is there any liability in answering that? I mean, as long as you're not could, telling Hypothetically, you, could there be, we're not lawyers, yeah, we can't. If you tell them that you're going to, that they should do illegal things, right? Shoot. Right? I, oh, you have three children? Abandon one of them in, in the desert. That'll that'll reduce oh. your child care costs by a third, right? Yeah. As long as you're not telling them to do illegal things, you know, when we're talking about how do I be more intentional about my spending, that is much safer. Um, there's a butt coming. Yeah. I I can see the butt coming. It would have to be pretty egregious. So it would have to be something along the lines of, I don't know. I'm going to, this is going to be, this might be triggering for some people. So mute it for the next 30 seconds. Um, if, if suicide is triggering for you, but if, if someone was saying, you know, my spouse and I have been fighting continuously about money and about cutting back on the budget. And, you know, they, they want me to come back on these things and I, I'm starting to have suicidal thoughts and, and so on and so forth. And then you respond with, well, you should just cut back on the budget and listen to your spouse. You, you ventured into something where the person has, and most, I don't think most people would do that. Right. But But you ventured into something where the person has kind of raised their hand and said, hey, I'm having significant emotional issues that requires professional behavioral intervention. Right. Medical, behavioral, medical intervention. And you've kind of ignored that. I I don't know if you'd have much liability for it anyway, but you might be a terrible liability. You'd just be like not a great person. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I could see how maybe that could be the case. It still would, you know, I, I think most lawyers would tell me, you know, you're, you're overthinking it. Stop trying yeah. to pretend to be a lawyer. Um, my wife so, would definitely tell me that. The, so if it's, if it's something that doesn't require a license to give advice on. You're probably much safer. Because you don't have the license, but neither does anybody else. Yeah. You're not giving advice on things you're not allowed to give advice. Yeah. Unless you're giving bad advice. Oh, okay. Right. Fair. So if you're giving yeah. bad advice and it harms the person mm-hmm. and they can tie that directly back to your advice, harm directly back to your advice, then absolutely. Uh, the One of the things that I think is important to consider is the the trouble that celebrities have gotten into recently with the crypto. Oh, yeah. And this is everything from celebrities actually appearing in commercials and endorsing it to them posting about it on their social media, which Mm -hmm. is effectively an endorsement, an endorsement, right? It's, it's, it's them advertising. Yeah. Not just effectively. I mean, it is paid out. And so you, we, there is a series of class action lawsuits. Regulators are stepping in and looking at this. Uh, you know, the government is looking at it. So giving financial related advice and cryptocurrency is definitely not, it falls under the uh, Investment Advisors Act, so on and so forth. There is a big debate right now in the government of is this a commodity or is this a security and right. which of the two governmental agencies should be regulating it? So even the government doesn't have an answer to, does this fall under any of the regulations? Mm-hmm. So this isn't even a matter of them not being licensed. It's literally just a matter of they gave people advice, they promoted something and the people lost money as yeah. a result. bad advice that they gave and now there is you know regulators are looking at it the and there are class action lawsuits Mm -hmm. and i think that yes you are not a kardashian but the kardashians and you know everyone else involved in this are are the vanguard they are the tip of the Mm -hmm. spear they're the first forays into this, and that is generally what happens, right? Mm-hmm. The high-profile things end up being the thing that starts it all, and then it trickles down to everyone else. Right. And so my opinion is we are in a higher likelihood of greater scrutiny over social media advice. That makes sense. It's, we're moving into a period like that, uh, with the, the celebrity situations being much more uh, being sort of the 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 tip of the spear, the beginning of that process, um, and that's not to say that everyone, every coach needs to, and every advisor needs to, and every CPA needs to shut down their social media platform, so on and so forth. Um, registered investment advisors, we have far more regulation. Investment advisors, financial advisors in general, so brokers, mm-hmm. anyone on FINRA or the SEC. We have far more regulation anyway, so right. I think we're all going to be okay unless we've already been breaking the law earlier anyway. Yeah. That, um, 
But for unlicensed people or people, you know, CPAs that might be getting involved in this, um, there might they might have, and especially coaches, they might have a little more liability just because it's been a little more freewheeling on social yeah. media. Does it make a difference realizing that you're not a lawyer? <laughs> you may or may not know. Does it make a difference if you say it in a situation where you're being paid, whether it's a paid endorsement, a paid advertisement, or somebody is paying you, it's a paid session, or for free volunteering? And I guess sort of secondary, does it matter if you're saying it on your page or if you're saying it in response to a question in a group? Yeah. So Are there is, lines in there or is yeah. it all just sort of the same? So this is something that comes up a lot in my in my classes is okay. students will ask me a question and I will say, well, I can't answer that question. But let's talk about the implications. Let's talk about how to think about it. Right. And we'll go yeah. through. And as part of that conversation, I will say, now, keep in mind, you go to another teacher and ask that exact same question. And we're teaching the exact same class. And you ask that exact same question and they will answer it all day long, no problem. And the reason why is because I am a registered investment advisor in a CFP. I have a business that does this. And therefore, because I am more qualified to answer the question, it also means I can't answer the question. Which is so counterintuitive because it's the, weird. the other teacher answering the question is okay to do that. Right. Or because they're not they don't have all yeah. the regulations and stuff. And I'm being overly cautious. Which you are prone to be. I'm prone to be, yeah. Some because people in reality, some people crazy probably, and some people are like, oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But that's okay. Because in reality, in the context of me teaching, I don't have a obligation to follow those rules in the context of teaching right. a class, right? However, you know, while I'm actually in front of the classroom at an accredited institution as a teacher that is teaching a class for a degree, right? That's right. a very, very specific context, not just I'm being an educator, right? All of that being said, my slides for my classes have my company's branding on them. And so part of the reason I'm being more cautious is because an argument could be made that that is an advertisement. And if you are a financial coach, you are always being paid because you are paying yourself. Right. Right. That makes sense. Right. So you are always in the position of receiving money. So is there a difference? Yes, there is a difference. I don't know how much of a difference it makes, but as a owner of a business, that difference is much more non-existent because the the assumption is anything that you do ties back to your business. It's marketing, it's advertising, it's something. Yeah. It's not like a Kardashian or it's not like a you know sports star being paid to promote Nike. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the sports star doesn't own Nike. On the other hand, the company, the company. Yeah. On the other hand, Ryan Reynolds does own a, a significant state, right? 25%, 40%, 60%, depending on the company of a series of different companies. As a result, anything that he does 
mentioning those companies on his social media, it doesn't matter whether a check was actually written between the company and Reynolds for that. It is still, he is promoting that business. And I think that totally makes sense to people. Mm -hmm. Because he has a financial stake in it. Right. Yeah. A big one, right? Yeah. You own 100% of your business. So that same logic is going to apply to you. So to sum it all up, if there is likely no liability, if it's something that is unregulated, unlicensed, you don't need to have anything to give advice on it, you're probably fine to give advice on it. As long as you don't give bad advice. As long as you don't give terrible, bad advice. You always Uh, have liability for you gave advice, someone followed it, and you uh, harmed them. If it's something that does require a license, regulation, et cetera, be Be very, very, very careful. How likely is it that you're going to get sued off of giving bad advice on Facebook? I would guess probably not horribly likely because probably you're one in a sea of comments. And it's probably getting more likely because of what we were talking about, like with the crypto stuff and people starting to kind of crack down and keep an eye on that kind of thing. Yeah, I would say that, it, that you being a one of, uh, of a sea of comments doesn't ha- help you as much as you think. I suppose. So what it's going to come down to is how good of a target are you? Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, in a sea of 500 comments, if everyone agrees with each other, mm-hmm. but Warren Buffett was one of the people that posted the comment and gave bad advice and caused the person to lose their house. Yeah. They're going to go after Warren Buffett as opposed to a hundred people who don't have any money. Yeah, that's fair. So you you want to, the numbers that are out, the numbers don't matter as much as how bad was the harm. Yeah. Right. And you don't know how bad the harm is from your bad advice because you don't know what the person's situation was. Right? You don't know you, how bad the advice was until they're suing you because. Well, it's not just a matter of your bad advice. It's a matter of if I cause someone to lose their entire life savings. Right. And their entire life savings was 37 cents in their piggy bank. That's fair. Versus someone's entire life savings. And it was a $3 million 401k plan. Yeah. Right. Um the advice could have been exactly the same, like literally exactly the same. And I have much more liability for the $3 million 401k plan than the 37 cents in the piggy bank. And most people who are asking for advice on that are not saying I have 37 cents or I have $3 million. Many many do, but they're They're, not. They're usually more in the middle. Yeah, Yeah. They're usually more in the middle. Yeah. And they're not. I've seen some really detailed posts and even the really detailed posts I've seen asking for financial advice. Don't give everything. Right. So, yeah. So, you are always going to be giving advice with a lack of information. Yep. So. Any well, other that- thoughts? <laughs> I'm, I'm out of questions for now. I will see you next week. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.
If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to financialcoachesnetwork backslash start here or financialcoachesnetwork backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.